everybody. Welcome back to Lockdown Golden Knights, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. It is Thursday, December 12th, 2019, and it is game day for the Red Hot Vegas Golden Knights, who are 5-1-1 one, one in their past seven, and they will begin a central road trip back-to-back tonight, with the first game being against the reigning Stanley Cup champion, St. Louis Blues. Welcome back, everybody. I am your host, Danny Webster. Vegas correspondent for NHL.com and site manager for SB Nation's Nights on Ice. And if this is the first time you have stumbled upon this podcast, first of all, welcome to you. We are a daily podcast talking about the Vegas Golden Knights here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, which you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher, or really wherever else you get your podcasts. I'm starting to running out. I'm starting to run out of uh, places where you can get your podcasts. If there are any new ones, please let me know. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at LockedOnVGK. You can follow me on Twitter at DannyWebster21. And if you do like sending emails, emails are always fun, uh, please send an email to LockedOnGoldenKnights at gmail.com. So the Golden Knights, once again, red hot, 5-1-1 one, and one in their past seven points in six of their last seven after seemingly looking like the sky was falling a couple weeks ago. The Golden Knights have apparently, for right now, have found their groove. Tonight, it's going to be a little bit of a tough test because they have to start the first of a two-game back-to-back against Central Division teams. And not only do they have to do that, they have to go against the reigning cup champion, St. Louis Blues. Uh, It's really a tale of two teams right now. Not that anything right now is alarming, but, you know, the Golden Knights are playing very well right now. Compared to the Blues, who have now lost three in a row and are coming off a 5-2 loss to the Buffalo Sabres the other night. Uh, The Blues are still second in the Western Conference, so it's not like they've completely fallen off the rails and everything is in panic mode in St. Louis right now. It's not like we're talking about this being the worst team in the league last year that went on to win the frickin' Stanley Cup. I'm just saying, it's not like this is happening right now. Uh, But the Blues are still uh, one point behind the Colorado Avalanche, who we will touch on uh, later on in our uh, look around the league. Uh, But they are only two points ahead of the surging Winnipeg Jets. So there is really a lot going on right now. And if you're paying attention to the entire Western Conference, even the Central Division, every point matters right now. If you're trying to establish some sort of separation, if you're trying to establish some sort of... uh, place in the Western Conference, every point matters. And for right now, for the Blues, they are in that position. The good news for the Blues, and this is not really good news for the Golden Knights, uh, Vegas has never won in St. Louis. The Golden Knights are 0-3 all-time in St. Louis. Uh, For some weird reason, that's the one barn they have a tough time winning in. I've never really understood it. Uh, But the Golden Knights are 2-4 all-time against the Blues, 0-3 in St. Louis. So something's got to give, right? I mean, both of those wins that I just alluded to for Vegas, uh, both of those wins uh, came in year one. They did not. W- they got swept last year in the season series, 0-3, and uh, only won two of the games last year. You'll recall both of those games were at home, and I remember distinctively, I think they were both in overtime. The first one was William Carlson's first goal of 43 uh, scored in that overtime frame and to win, I think it was game 10 of the season. And then the second one was toward the end of the year, and Vegas won, I think, 5-4 in overtime. And I think 
I remember correctly, I think Jonathan Marshall might have scored like eight seconds in or something like that. Something ridiculous like that. So a very important game, I think, for both teams tonight. For the Golden Knights, obviously, they want to continue this momentum that they're on. Um, I would fully expect Marc-Andre Fleury to be in net tonight. And again, at the time we're recording this, it's 4.30 a.m. No one's awake right now. No one's even awake in St. Louis for us to know who's the starting goaltender right now. So this is all subject to change. Really, whenever I give the lines or anything like that, I should always say subject to change. Because Sunday, I thought Flurry was going to play. He did not. Tuesday, I thought Valentin Zikov was going to be on the fourth line. Valentin Zikov's on the third line, which, okay. <laughs> but um, it, this should be like a segment called subject to change, right? Uh, but I would expect Marc-Andre Fleury to be back and make his second consecutive startup. Obviously, when you haven't played in seven and you, you know, unforeseen circumstances give you a chance to get some rest pretty good chance that he will come back tonight and uh, be in net against the Blues. Um, I would also expect the lines to look exactly the same for Vegas with Carlson line. Uh, I guess you can call it the Stevenson line. Chandler Stevenson moved up to the second line. Played pretty well with uh, Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty on Tuesday. I, th- I don't think we talked about that nearly enough. Uh, we might talk about it uh, on for Friday's show if uh, if the results are good once again. Um, Paul Stasny needed to move to the third line with Valentin Zikov and Alex Tuck, and the fourth line remains the same with Nosek, centering with Reeves and uh, Carrier. And defense pairings, obviously up in the air for who uh, who will be on that sixth defenseman role with future Norris Trophy winner Derek Englund, but everything else remains the same. And again, Flurry, I believe, will be in net tonight. So big, big game for the Golden Knights tonight. Um, no matter who they go with, I think uh, you you want to get these wins before you come back home for uh, for another tough two game home stretch with the Canucks and the Wild on Sunday and Tuesday. Um, I I would presume if the Golden Knights can get a win in St. Louis for the first time ever, I think that's going to be probably one of their trademark wins of the year. They haven't really had many trademark wins to this point. You get one against the defending cup champions who are right now on a little bit of a struggling side. Um, I think that'd be ideal. I think that would be very ideal for the Golden Knights to get a win and uh, keep those momentum going, knowing that you could probably go into Dallas with all that hoopla going on right now and possibly get a win there too. If they can uh, sweep this back to back, I think people are going to have to start talking about the Golden Knights a little bit more. In, in a good way, not not the bad way that we've been talking about them for the, for the better part of, what, three weeks to a month now. Uh, so, yeah, big game tonight. It's 5 o'clock puck drop, uh, AT&T Sportsnet, NHL.TV. And if you have ESPN+, Plus, yeah, you can get that game on as well. So, uh, Peter DeBoer got fired last night. File that in the huh category because that was something I don't think anybody saw coming. Uh, I know the Sharks have been... Uh, on a little bit of the schneid right now, five straight losses, uh, sixth place in the Pacific Division. It's not like they're completely out of it. I mean, I mean, let's take a look at the standings real quick. Um, I think I had a tab up here. Here we go. Uh, even though the Sharks are, you know, again, lost five in a row and they're sixth place in the Pacific, um, they're not that far off. I mean, Vegas has 37 points. They hold the second wild card, so they're only five back. Like, th- this is how convoluted and how congested the Western Conference is right now. 
And I know I had said a lot about this like in January last year. Remember remember last year, I think it was by the time we got to January or February, the Kings, I think, were only eight points back of the second wild card. And they were just they no one could eventually separate. So this is this is the weird thing about the Western Conference right now. Every team is bad, or almost every team is bad. Well, not every team, but a lot of the teams are bad, but they're not out of it. The Sharks are only five points back. Um, but yeah, file that under the did not see that coming category. Peter DeBoer. Um, I mean, I, I don't really have an opinion of Peter DeBoer. I think he's uh, I think he's a nice man. I haven't really had a chance to talk to him, but I, I, from the interactions I've had when I've covered Sharks games, it's kind of like, eh, I mean, I mean, what are you going to do, right? Um, I, I, I'm kind of shocked. I mean, back-to-back days, we're talking about coaches getting fired, and three coaches in the past week and a half now have been canned, and two of them have come in the Pacific Division. And I, again, I don't care what the official term is for Bill Peters. He did not resign. He got fired. They're just trying to save face. I, I, I don't care. Um, so, yeah, Peter DeBoer is fired. Bill Peters is gone. Jim Montgomery was just gone 48 hours ago, it seems like. It, this is very weird. And can you can I just say this? What a time to be in the NHL right now when reporters who break the news, the national reporters, I think I think Elliot Friedman was the one, first one to be on this. And of course, when he made the news, he said it was purely a hockey decision. What a time we have to be in the NHL right now for somebody to come out and say we it is purely a hockey decision. Holy hell. Like th- th- these are the times we live in everybody. Um but yeah, so DeBoer's gone, Peters is gone, Montgomery's gone. Three coaches in the last week and a half have all been fired. Um, one of those coaches was leading a top three team in the Central. The other team, or the other team that just uh, quote unquote had his coach resign, uh, is now one of the hottest teams in the league in Calgary. And who knows what this means for San Jose going forward? Um, DeBoer's been there for a long time, and. It's going to be very interesting to see what the Sharks can do to rally around. I think uh, Bob Bowner is going to be the new coach going forward, um, at least in the interim. So with DeBoer gone and with Peters gone, I, it got me thinking: how many coaching changes? How many coaching changes have there been in the Pacific Division since the Golden Knights entered the league? And when I looked back on it, I damn near fell out of my chair. Let, let me, uh, here are the names of the coaches that have, that were coaching in the Pacific division when the Golden Knights entered the league in 2017-18. Here's the list. Edmonton, it was Todd McClellan. Arizona was Rick Tockett. Calgary was Glenn Galutson. Vancouver was Travis Green. San Jose, Peter DeBoer. Anaheim, Randy Carlisle. LA, John Stevens. And Vegas, of course, Gerard Gallant. Five of those coaches have now been are now canned. The only three left in the Pacific Division who have been coaching in the division since the Golden Knights entered the league are Rick Tockett, Travis Green, and Gerard Gallant. That is the most absurd thing. Like, like here's the thing. I know that coaching changes in the NHL, 
they happen a lot more frequently than I think any other sport. I, I even you, if you compare it to say the NBA, the NBA has maybe what three, four coaching changes maybe every off season depending on the situation. Um, I mean, unless you're the New York Knicks, it's like three to four coaching changes every four months. So, um, but you have so many coaching changes in the NHL, and yet here we are. We're talking in the Pacific Division that in the span of two years, five of those positions have been changed. The only three that have not, one of them coached an expansion team to the Stanley Cup final in 2017-18. The other one is coaching right now a playoff team in the Pacific Division in the Coyotes with Rick Tockett. And the other one is a fringe playoff team with Travis Green in Vancouver. That is ridiculous. And it just, it boggles my mind that like, I, I know DeBoer has been around for a while. I mean, he coached the Sharks to the Stanley Cup final a few years ago. I, I mean, the Sharks have been one of the top teams in the West for a long time. But, I mean, you can't... I, I know people have their opinions on Peter DeBoer, but you can't put it all on him when Doug Wilson decides to shell out nearly $10 million a year to Eric Carlson... Who, by the way, I mean, Eric Carlson is having a really good year, but you've committed almost half your cap to three defensemen. You've committed none of it to forward depth, which you had to lose. You lost Nyquist. You lost Donskoy. You lost a lot of guys that could very well help you this year, and you let them walk. And then to top that off, you do nothing to improve the goaltending. Martin Jones and Aaron Dell are not the most ideal tandem to have in net. So you basically left Peter DeBoer to fend for himself. And I, I can understand it from this standpoint. You made the trade for Eric Carlson. That was your time to go all in and try and win a cup last year, especially. And again, if it not for the call on Cody Eakin, and if the Golden Knights did not blow a 3-1 lead, then... It very much could have been looking at a first-round exit last year for the Sharks, and maybe Peter DeBoer is fired before the season even starts. So there is that standpoint. But going into the offseason, going into the summer, the Sharks really did nothing to get better other than the fact than to keep Eric Carlson for a long-term deal in which all of his money can be gone by year two because housing in San Jose is ridiculously expensive. So... All of that said, it's amazing that we're looking at this and saying that Gerard Gallant has now outlasted five coaches in three years. I Again, I know that doesn't seem like much, but I mean, we're talking about an expansion coach now in year three to a, coaching a team that is playing well above 500 hockey ever since they entered the league, and they're fighting for a playoff spot this year once again, and they're going to contend for the Pacific Division again this year. And here we are, year three, Gerard Gallant is probably, him and Rick Tockett are probably the two most secure coaches in the Pacific Division. And you have to remember, the Coyotes are going to move to the Central when Seattle comes. So by the time that happens, unless the, the Canucks, don't, I don't think the Canucks will fire Travis Green, especially if the Canucks continue to you know, get better. And I think that either make the playoffs either this year or next year. So I think Travis Green's job security is fine. But if it's not, there's a legitimate possibility that the only coach left from by the time the Golden Knights entered the NHL 
could be Gerard Gallant. And and again, I'm not saying that Travis Green is going to get fired. I don't think he should be if they don't make the playoffs this year. Um, But man, Gerard Gallant could be one of two coaches left in the Pacific Division by the time the Golden Knights enter the league. It and it's crazy that if you know if a team doesn't perform well in a certain time frame, they get let go. And, and again, and you understand the the severity of the situation, especially with the Sharks. You know, again, they made all these moves to go all in, try and win a cup, and so far it hasn't happened. And then now, Peter DeBoer has to suffer because of the moves that Doug Wilson decided to make. So, I mean, that that is what it is. But the longest tenured coaches in the Pacific right now are coached by two playoff teams and one fringe playoff team. And that's just mind-boggling. How far we've come in the Pacific Division in that short amount of time. It's crazy. It's crazy. And there, and the fact that we are legitimately talking about the possibility that Gerard Gallant could be the longest tenured coach in the Pacific Division come the next one or two seasons, that's incredible. And that is also a testament to, thank God the Golden Knights got the right guy. Thank God the Golden Knights got the right guy to do this job because I can only imagine what would have happened if Vegas never got to the cup final, if they never made the playoffs. If they, if they a lot, and I know it's a lot of what-if superlatives and nobody likes to play that game, but it just makes you think they got the right guy. And he's maybe a couple seasons away from being the longest tenure coach in the Pacific Division. Freaking ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. So, uh... <laughs> the Sharks will be coming to town in, in uh, actually no I don't think they'll be coming to town no I don't think they'll be coming to town anymore I, I can't remember I can't look at the schedule but I know the Sharks and Golden Knights played one more time that game got a whole lot more interesting <laughs> I think it got a whole lot more interesting toward the end of December that's for dang sure alright so quick look around the league before we get out of here only a three game slate um, in the league last night but one of those games, obviously, was the talk of the town, and that was the Battle of the Beasts of the East between the Caps and the Bruins. The Capitals won 3-2 to two over Boston. TJ Oshie with two goals. One of those was a highlight reel goal where he just dangled the hell out of the Boston defense. Absolutely ridiculous. Uh, David Pasternak with another goal, 26th of the year. He's on pace for like 355 goals or something like that. And John Carlson continues his Norris Trophy campaign, realistic Norris Trophy campaign, with the game-winning goal. I believe he's now at 45 points, and I think he's got 10 or 11 more points than the next defenseman on the list. So you might as well just start engraving the name for John Carlson. And anybody who does not vote for John Carlson to win the Norris, I'd really, we are going to know who doesn't vote for John Carlson around the Pro Hockey Writers Association by the time the NHL Awards show up because they send out the names of the people who vote for who? If no one give, if John Carlson is not the unanimous winner of the Norris Trophy this year, we need to have a we need to have a come to Jesus meeting. Just as simple as that. Uh, the Canadians are winners of three in a row after a three-two overtime victory over the Senators. Uh, ben Sherratt with the winner in overtime. Caden uh, Primo, the you you know the name, Caden Primo, uh, the last name especially the hockey family, the the Primos. Um, Caden with his very first win in the NHL, 35 saves. And, uh, that wasn't even the biggest story of the night. The biggest story of the night was apparently Carey Price tried to hunt down Brady Kachuk because Brady Kachuk apparently took the game puck with him and tried to sneak off with it. According to 
accounts from uh, Brendan Gallagher and from Carey Price. And apparently Carey Price decided to try and hunt down Brady Kachuk for the puck. This is the content I'm here for. The the fact that here we are, Carey Price, one of the more decorated goaltenders of the of the 2010s, is hunting down what Brady Kachuk's what, 20 years old? <laughs> 20, 21 years old. I, I, I get the, the Kachuks and the Primos might have like a little Hatfields and McCoy situation going on here. But holy hell, they got Brady Kachuk trying to steal the puck from Caden Primo, and you got Carey Price hunting him down. Like that that is that is incredible. This is the content I'm here for. This is the content I like to deliver on. And we touched on the Avalanche earlier. They're only uh, they are now atop the Western Conference with a 3-1 victory over the Philadelphia Flyers. Miko Rantanen with two goals, Nathan McKinnon with an assist. Nathan McKinnon has 22 points in 12 games and a point in 11 of his last 12. Uh, so yeah, Nathan McKinnon is still very good at the hockey. Uh, the Avalanche are on an eight-game point streak. Uh, they're on fire right now. They are tied for Cal- tied with Calgary for the longest in the league right now with eight games, uh, an eight-game point streak. And the Flyers have lost two of three after winning five in a row. So the Avalanche are now atop the West. The Blues are trying to get back there. The Blues will try to do that tonight against the Golden Knights. And the Golden Knights will try and make things a little bit interesting in the Pacific Division because I believe they are only three points back of Edmonton. And Calgary is right there as well with two points behind Edmonton. So going to be a very fun game tonight between the Golden Knights and the Blues. And we will be back uh, tomorrow to break that game down. We will break down the Dallas game on Friday. And then we will answer your questions for the mailbag. If you have them, get them in. So that'll do it for us today, guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you for uh, subscribing. Thank you for downloading. Again, you can find us on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher. You can find us probably on some bootleg podcast site that I have no idea exists. But if it does and you've used it and I haven't mentioned it, well, thank you for listening to this podcast. And basically, uh, thank you for the support. Thank you for listening. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow. So I am Danny Webster. This has been Locked on Golden Knights, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. And we'll see you tomorrow. Have a good one.